Hi, and welcome to our podcast here from uh, World Dairy Expo 2017. This is Mark Kirk, uh, Nutrition Research Manager. We appreciate you guys joining us. We're uh, doing a little something different. Here we are uh, at our booth at World Dairy Expo, and a friend of ours dropped by, John Gaser. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, glad glad to be here and get the week started with a bang. Absolutely, absolutely. John, you work for Rock River Lab. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of, of your role there and, and, uh, and, and who you are with Rock River Lab? You know, there are days and weeks I wonder what I'm doing and who I am. But I, I'm happy to oversee the animal nutrition efforts, uh, where we go in terms of innovation and uh, research into the future, but also do a lot of technical support for our clientele, which range from dairy and feedlots up through consultings and then and then seed advisors and seed companies such as Master Choice. Absolutely. And so John John has been very integral in our in our part uh, for, for us as Master's Choice as we have uh, developed a wonderful working relationship with Rock River Lab and, and your staff there are just wonderful people. And, and testing uh, for us on the inbred level all the way up to, uh, to commercial hybrids and helping us select hybrids. And you and I, we've worked on some, some interesting kind of collaboration things. And one of the things that I really appreciate about you and Rock River Lab is the ability for me to come in and go, I, I need something that does this. And you guys, you guys, okay, well, we can do this, 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 and this, and, and stuff that, that are, it's kind of outside the box and just, and that nobody else is looking at. And you guys are so willing to jump on that, uh, Zach and Don, so willing to do that. So tell us a little bit about what's going on at Rock River like, right now, some of the new stuff that, you, that you've been working on and Rock River's been working on. So I've been pleased to be part of the team for five years now, if you can believe awesome. that, uh, which, which marks about 10 years since I, I left graduate school after studying plant breeding and genetics and animal nutrition. But really, I enjoy merging those two. And, and that's where our group has been spending quite a bit of time and effort recently in, in better understanding how uh, seed corn uh, or maybe some other varieties, uh, maybe genetics is influencing nutrition and nutritional characteristics and then how animals respond in terms of health and performance. So uh, it, we, we've spent a lot of time there. You mentioned some innovation and some other things, development, uh, being on the forefront of some different things from an animal nutrition and health standpoint. That's very important, but we also want to make sure that as Professor Shaver, Professor Combs, uh, Professor Bill Weiss and others have taught me in the past that what we're developing and bringing to the forefront is, is practical, but then also backed by research and that cattle actually agree with. Not that we come out with something that's crazy and cutting edge, but really we don't know how it plays in the industry. Exactly, and that's one of the things that I really appreciated with, with you guys is that, is, is that it's that, that kind of that whole big rounded picture. And you know, I, I can sit down with guys and we can talk theoretics and, and I go, okay, so that helps me maybe select a hybrid. But then, but then how do I translate that into what exactly is going on on the farm in the cow and what that's really going to do for the producer? And you've been able to kind of help complete that circle, and that's something that I, that I really, really appreciate and, and, and really enjoy because at the end of the day, I could have the best hybrid, but if I can't tell a guy what, what exactly it's doing and how it's going to benefit him as, as a producer, then it, it really does no good. And uh, and so so you've been able to help bridge that gap and everything. So are there any any new tests this year that, that you're going to be bringing out? Uh, you know, last year we kind of you kind of brought out a new way of reporting or, or a different style of reporting. How are how are people responding to that? You know, the the response has been incredible. In fact, uh, some folks have responded 
this only costs so much, yeah. which maybe gives us an indication. We didn't understand the market exactly, but we're, we're continuing to build upon our comprehensive nutrition analysis, looking at how we think about animal nutrition, maybe grouping some things a little bit differently, building on our understanding of fatty acid nutrition, building on our understanding of amino acid nutrition, but really more so honing in and focusing on starch digestion with, with uh, where we've been in the last year to two years. Uh, we. I think we've come a long way as an industry as a whole and in research there's still a long ways we have to go in understanding rumen digestion and metabolism and interactions with, within the dairy cattle but uh, trying to package some of the big picture concepts and then put them into a, a usable format that so we can make decisions and then cattle are in agreement with what we're doing making sure we have that benchmark and foundation and bringing that out to the industry. Definitely. So as, as far as I know you are the only lab that is that is giving us a 16-hour, a 7-hour, a 3-hour, and a 0-hour starch digestion. Am, am I correct at that? Uh, to, to my knowledge, at this point, that's correct. And so one thing that, as we better understand rumen digestion and metabolism in dairy cows uh, and feedlot cattle, it's not a uniform process. It's right. not linear either. Right. In that, uh, I make an, an analogy often to a campfire. Uh, it's similar to how a campfire gets started maybe a little bit slowly with some kindling, and then as the fire, the energy grows, it sort of just takes off until right. all right. the wood's burned out, right. and then it, then it plateaus, and then we're done. We've captured all the energy. Rumen digestion with any nutrient, for that matter, is very mm -hmm. similar. The rumen bacteria, and the, the cow has to eat the food, and then the rumen bacteria have to attach to the feed, and that takes a little bit of time. There's a little bit of time when that interaction starts happening. But once those rumen bacteria and those bugs are grabbed onto and attached and digesting that feed, then they just take, take off, off in an exponential fashion. But then they plateau somewhere as well. Yeah. So our aim is to understand that, that curvilinear digestion process, but then also be able to translate and package that into useful, useful information yeah. because it's very complex yeah. to understand those curves. It, it is very complex to understand those curves and then understand how those curves impact milk production or meat production or however else, we, you know, whatever else we're going to look at there. And, and that's kind of where, I think that's kind of where the next step is, is, all right, so we've got these, so how, do, how does this really... Um, you know, how does this really impact milk production? Because even the rationing software doesn't doesn't account for any of that. There's a lot of interaction. So the, the nutrition software that's out there, uh, that developed by the National Research Council, researchers at Cornell uh, University, we're starting to, to capture and try and bring some of that in with digestion right. rates, other complex ideas and philosophies, but then integrating that back into hey, how are cattle going to respond when we bring this feed into the diet and combine it with some other things? So, but yeah, we do have a long ways to go, but, but we're getting closer. But we are. I think, yeah, you know, so I've been, I've been dealing with this for about six years now, and, and really the, the growth that we've seen in the industry and, and, the, um, and the exposure to these things in the industry has definitely increased over, over the last, over the last uh, six years. At to some be level, it's outpacing probably what the practical nutritionist is, is grasping in some levels. Absolutely. No, I would, I would definitely agree. I definitely agree. So um, silage samples are starting to roll in from across absolutely, the country. Yeah. What, what, are you, what are you seeing? Are you seeing any trends within those silage samples? Uh, you know, is fiber digestibility good, bad? Is it better in some places? What kind of trends are you seeing with the silage samples? Understanding that corn uh, made for silage is becoming an increasingly uh, valuable proposition for the dairy farms as corn silage in diets is comprising, in many cases, 60 to 70, if not 100% of forage on, on dairies and feedlots. Uh, yeah, it, we're, we're focusing really hard there and trying to understand uh, not only the, the corn, but then focusing in on the carbohydrates, the fiber, the starch, 
our cattle going to respond to this year's crop as it's coming off. So right, we've been right. seeing samples harvested from uh, Florida in, in the south and Texas up through now in the upper Midwest. We're going heavy. It's a little bit later this year than maybe would have been ideal because of lack of heat units. Sure. But I think that might have an impact or have had an impact on what we're seeing now with fiber digestibility, okay. which is it seems like the fiber carries a little bit more energy really? in it this year Good. relative to last year. Uh, another thing that we're seeing this year is that the crop appears to maybe be a little bit cleaner than oh. it was last year. Okay, we, not we, as much toxins and, and, and... Maybe less fungal contamination okay. and then mycotoxin load coming on uh, with maybe less ear rot, less stalk rot. It just seems, and I'll reference Professor Damon Smith, a colleague of mine at the University of Wisconsin, who I appreciate learning from. Uh, he's letting me know that they're not seeing as much ear and stalk rot in many cases this year, okay. not as much fungal contamination. Yep. So I, yep. my, my hope is that we have a higher nutritional value in the forage and it's also cleaner, meaning that it's not going to rob cattle of health as well. Definitely. So we've seen... We've seen some 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 better fiber digestibility. We've seen cleaner. What are we seeing on starch digestibility? Have we have we looked at that yet? So starch digestibility is influenced by a number of things. Uh, the growing environment being right. a very strong one. I don't know that I fully have my arms wrapped around that, but genetics, I, I'm convinced, is a pretty strong player. Yep. Uh, and I think over time that'll play itself out. But then the extent of fermentation as well. So exactly. as we, as we take a crop off the field and it is uh, it, it's unfermented or relatively fresh, we're, we're seeing starch. Rumen starch digestibility plummet from right, what would right. have been say 80% digestible grain on average or corn silage on average with a fully fermented crop. Yep. Uh, we're seeing that plummet down to probably 55 to 60% on average. Is that now. above or below where we were at last year pulling crop? Uh, at this point, we're kind of in the middle of the harvest through the upper okay. Midwest, so I, I wouldn't be able to give you an idea exactly where we sit uh, relative to last year. Definitely. Okay, makes sense. Good question. Yeah. Though. No, I, I, absolutely. So. Um, <clears throat> So, so your new comprehensive nutritional analysis that, that you've got out is, is, or you know, you've been looking at that and, and referencing that before. How many guys are looking at um, at the amino acid profile? You know, that's a, that's a good question. And so, our focus as nutritionists and in the in the nutrition industry, when looking to impact the dairy's bottom line first and foremost. It starts with what's the dairy getting paid for, and so right now butter fat is actually upwards of three dollars a pound, right. and then milk protein is uh, considerably less than that. So that's flip flopped relative to where we were several years back, and that now the dairies are getting paid much more for butter fat than they are for milk protein. So uh, there are probably I would say fifty percent, maybe forty to sixty percent of consulting nutritionists and, and dairies that are are looking at and focusing on amino acid nutrition, but the focus more recently has turned over to butterfat right. in terms of strategies that we can uh, implement to improve rumen health or potentially feed the animal a little bit differently from a fatty acid nutrition okay. standpoint and so, so produce for, more butterfat. So for a producer, for a producer who's out there right now, we've been, we've been talking kind of theoretical and big picture, for a producer right now who is maybe looking to increase butterfat, all right, can you give, can you give three... Um, three maybe areas that he needs to look at in the ration to be able to increase that, you know, maybe three tips or something Absolutely. along those lines. Absolutely. And he wants to increase butterfat. Yeah, so, so butterfat production or butterfat depression, as it's sometimes uh, called in situations where maybe the cows aren't producing as much butterfat as, as would be ideal, 
it, it's a really complex process. It starts in the rumen and then carries over to the mammary gland. So I, I reference uh, Professor Adam Locke, who's taught me a great deal yeah. at Michigan State University, yeah. and we've done some work together, and, and I'll continue to learn from him. Uh, I've been focusing more on fatty acid nutrition, but in terms of execution and, and implementation on farm of, of nutrition, first it comes down to consistency, delivering a consistent diet to that dairy cow every day because surges, whether she has too little feed or too much feed, might cause uh, might cause you know slug feeding or things like right, that right. that can disrupt rumen consistency. And then in terms of what once that feed is consumed and hopefully consistently delivered, there are interactions within the rumen, uh, primarily starch digestion, maybe other nutrient uh, metabolism along with that, fiber digestion, and then the clean feed aspect has been a big one as well. We need the rumen digesting bacteria uh, and fungi and protozoa, we need them to be working in synchrony to really break down the total diet and not giving us yeah. some of the, the maybe detrimental trans-10 cis-12 fatty acids that we know can really wipe out butterfat. So we're getting a little scientific in terms right, of right, some of the no. fatty acids, but that's the level we're taking things. So we've been focusing on, on total diet and uh, corn silage and grain starch digestion, and then also looking at clean feed as well. Good, good deal, good deal. So as a guy is, um, as, as a guy is, is working towards those things, um, you know how how do you see how do you see the best way for him to begin to start achieving those goals that's a great question how do we get to where we want to yeah. be and for me as a as a consultant as or a as consultant, an advisor yeah. It would be first understanding what are the challenges, what are the bottlenecks in front of us. Do we have one? Do we have maybe two things on our way? And then, uh, but more importantly to that, what's the primary, what's the primary thing one? we need what's to the work, biggest at, one work that's in towards the way? and alleviate? So we may have the best diet prescribed to us on paper by the nutritionist, but if we're not executing, if we're not carrying that out, if we're missing dry matters, our feeding, uh, feeding schedules are all over the board. Maybe it's 10 a.m. one day, maybe it's 12 p.m. the next day. Are those cows consistently fed? Is there enough feed there? Is there too much feed? Uh, I, I would first work to understand of the areas we talked about, what is, and work with your nutritionist and your veterinarian, what is the number one thing we should focus on and prioritize then the opportunities that we see for the dairy in terms of and then get those butterfly. fixed and snowball to the next one and, yep, then, and just then knock things down. Don't try and tackle everything at once. No, and, I, and I, you know, I think that that's one of the biggest problems that we see a lot of times is we see a guy who, who has several problems and he tries to do it all at once and then he just kind of gets, um, you know, just kind of overwhelmed. Uh, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed is a great, you know, or disillusioned, and he just kind of throws his hands up and say, "Well, I can't do it." Yeah, but yeah. tackling each one of those things, you know, identifying, and I think that that's probably, you know, we, we got to identify where where our problem is, yeah. and and sometimes that's difficult, and and sometimes that means we got to have hard conversations with the boys who are feeding, or or whoever you know whoever's supposed to be feeding, or, or what's going yeah. on there, and and doing that, or or hard you know, hard conversations with the guys who are harvesting. I need this harvested at, right. at this time point to get the most nutrition out of this. And so, so there, there's a lot of those, sometimes some very hard conversations and especially like on a family run dairy. And it comes back to precision and it comes to orchestrating and working as a team. And communication is hard, but team meetings are essential and just working towards whether it's butter fat, whether it's better health and performance, and also just don't take for granted where you're at or don't set the bar too low because with 15 to $16 base prices forecast yeah. in the future and margins, uh, if you look out six or eight months, aren't forecasted to be too good, right. if not negative. We need to do everything we can to find another five, 10, 15 cents per cow per day, whether it be with improved performance nutritionally, maybe better butter fat, I'm not sure. Definitely. So John, I appreciate you stopping by. I appreciate you talking through some of these, but I have, I have, I have a couple more questions for you and we'll switch gears a little bit here, okay? So, um, so we, we know that you are a badger. 
So how, how, how are the Badgers doing this year? Which Badgers? Our football well, the team, football, the, the football Badgers. Team, I mean, come on, we're right, we're right in the middle of October. Let's talk. Yeah, so we're I, talking I, football. I'm, I'm very proud that our, our Wisconsin Badgers are, are holding a top 10 ranking at the moment, uh, heading into Nebraska this weekend with what we anticipate to be a, a hard-fought contest in, in Lincoln. Okay. Uh, I feel bad for those folks in, uh, down in Nebraska that may, may be on the end of what, what I hope to be a whipping this weekend. But the, the Badgers are looking good. They uh, appear to be a strong second-half team okay. in each of their games. Okay. They've, they've uh, performed well maybe in the first half of some games, but have really put it on strong in the second half. So a lot of potential there. Definitely, definitely. So um, so where so I'm, I mean we're going we're going to carry this through a little bit because I know I know how diplomatic you try to be at times with this all right and 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 so so I, I want I want to know what what is your what is your gut feeling about where they're going to end up at the end of the year I would love to see the Badgers in the playoff this year in that Final Four I I think that might be a stretch so I, I'm. I'm projecting a New Year's New Year's Day bowl for okay. the Badgers at this point, with my expert opinion. So we're talking nutrition and not <laughs> translating into to well, sports. Well, I mean, I mean, so obviously, um, you know, you are you are the expert there, right? On on and self-proclaimed and and, and, and and you know, even when I look at it according to to my level of expertise, you're you know, you know, in nutrition, you're you're several steps ahead of me, and then and then in sports light years right you know what i mean like light light years ahead of well of my me. friend i'll just i'll just say and acknowledge that i'm going to continue to to work hard to uphold your expectations and and even do better at that in the future awesome john we appreciate you stopping by here at the world at our booth here at the world dairy expo appreciate your your uh uh talking to us and spending your your valuable time appreciate you as a person and, and your friendship and so uh, uh that feeling is mutual and, and i want to acknowledge i appreciate the values that you and, and your group hold as well in terms of uh, from what i've seen looking to benefit the dairy and the feedlot industry and so uh, i appreciate that and I'm, i know we're going to work hard to, to continue with those values in mind absolutely no sounds good tell katie and the kids hi when you get home tonight absolutely. all right take yes, care same to mandy